Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. In this episode, Greg Sanderson, Managing Director of Zinc Media London, discusses how his group of production companies has coped with the UK lockdown and is emerging as restrictions are lifted. Simone Haywood and Anna de Moraes, Exec Producer and Chief Creative Officer at ITV Studios' factual entertainment outfit Multistory Media, talk about their new unscripted Netflix format The Big Flower Fight, plus why coronavirus focus commissions are likely to be short-lived. But first, New York-based Alchemy X was partway through production of new makeover series Dragnificent for TLC when the pandemic hit and the city was forced into lockdown. Executive Vice President Andy Singer spoke with Karolina Kaminska about what measures the company had to take in order to complete the show and how other buyers in the US cable market are responding to the crisis. The corona outbreak began as we were really in the throes of post-production on this first season and attempting to deliver our first episodes to the network for air. So it's been a very interesting situation, a very unusual situation, but we actually, and I think very smartly, moved quickly to become pretty much fully remote in terms of our ability for post-production We did have two shoots planned that we had to, of course, cancel. We kept postponing them and moving them. And then ultimately, as New York City went into full lockdown mode, um, we had to completely scrap them. But be that as it may, um, in moving fast to give everybody remote access and to be able to work from home, um, it's actually gone, I think, better than expected. You know, there's been moments, of course, that are hurdles we'd have to get over. But by and large, you know, given the technology, uh, we were able to do so. And and one of the things I will say, too, is, you know, we have several different divisions here at Alchemy. One of the, the, those divisions is, you know, is our visual effects uh, capabilities. And so um, utilizing some technology we had that was existing really helped us get moving quickly. Okay. And so have you finished now on, on the post-production of Dragnificent? Almost. Not, not quite. We are delivering, I believe, our final two episodes over the course of this next week or thereabouts. But, uh, you know, the interesting thing has been, you know, we've had editors, uh, assistant editors, uh, colorists, sound mixers, all working remotely. And so things that you would normally be able to do in person or in real time, we've had to adjust around. So that's taken a little longer than expected. And then the other thing that's been a little bit interesting to get used to is in many, many times we're subject to what people's um, internet speeds are at home. So, uh, you know, uploading things to the network to make air has at times been close, but we were able to do so. And uh, once, once this is done and dusted, what what's next for Alchemy X? Are you going to be working on anything else that you've got in the pipeline? Interestingly, we've had we have a bunch of new concepts that are what we call paid development, meaning they're commissioned to continue developing through various different uh, linear networks and digital platforms. So we continue to work on those to the extent we can. They're in early stage development for the most part. It will be interesting to see what happens, you know, if the commissioners decide to go forward with them. What does that look like? What does that mean? We're not quite sure at this moment. Certain things we are working on can begin uh, now without shooting. So if we're casting for uh, interesting characters or stories that we're looking for 
obviously we're able to do those through Zoom or one of the other types of platforms where we can, you know, record interview sessions, you know, over the internet. But one of the things that we find is that when we're speaking to program commissioners, um, they're saying to us, I think based on a lot of the successful performance of at least shows here in the States where you see quarantine style shooting that's been able to keep some of those programs fresh. We've been hearing a lot from commissioners. How do we do that? Could we do a series if we needed to in that sort of manner? And that's an interesting turn of events, uh, I think, for the industry. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. But uh, in terms of alchemy, we are pitching shows that are both in that sort of corona-proof space and innovative ways in which we could potentially shoot these things um, because we we have a lot of those capabilities and um, we'll see what happens. So you are you are looking into these so-called corona proof shows then rather than just building up for when normal production can resume? Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at both. You know, you, you sort of have to, you know, obviously we're a business and we need to keep, you know, we, we need to always have ideas in the pipeline, some of which are corona-proof and some of which are, are not necessarily corona-proof, uh, as they're called. So we're, we're, doing, we're looking at both. But um, what we see on the, on the commissioning side is a lot of networks are getting more aggressive with their development. They may not be commissioning just yet, but they're, they're getting ready to see how many ideas they can get in, which ideas they like. So when they're ready, they can pull the trigger. And oftentimes they're saying to us, how can we get speed to market faster? So if we were to commission one of these ideas that we are interested in, can they be shot in manners that are Corona proof? So um, Alchemy on our commercial side of the business has some of those capabilities. So one of the interesting things we're looking at in, in this division, the original content division, is being able to adapt some of the best practices that my colleagues on the other side of the house are using and use those more for unscripted television. We haven't yet done that, but we're working towards a world in which we may need to do that. And um, thankfully, we're, we're set up to do so. And in line with these you know, quick turnaround programs that buyers are looking for, have you seen increased demand for, for shows at Alchemy? It's a mixed bag. A lot of people want to see more and more ideas. A lot of the networks are, are becoming aggressive on the development side. Let's get all kinds of new and fresh ideas in. Let's you know, see what we think might work, what might be different. I think, you know, look, the, the industry at large was having its own issues before Corona, and, you know, in terms of particularly in the states of who's watching cable television and who's watching uh, over the top services and platforms. And so I think what many networks are doing is they're using this as a time of innovation um, because they have, they're in an interesting conundrum. They have a captive audience that's watching more and more television than they have in the past five to 10 years. And, and the numbers reflect that. But being able to monetize that and have the funds to commission new programs uh, still hasn't really caught up with that. So what a lot of them are doing is saying, okay, how can we get innovative? What can we do to present viewers with something different, whether that's cinematically different, whether that's different than what they're used to seeing, something that's going to cut through a lot of the clutter. And so what we see on the development side is a lot of networks saying, bring us your ideas, ideas that maybe you wouldn't pitch us in the past that you may think aren't right for us. We want to see those. We want to look at those. We want to evaluate those. 
and see if there are some things that maybe we should think about differently given this time that we're in. So we are seeing a lot more of that. Um, there are a bunch of networks that have come to us directly and said, can we set up calls? Can we set up uh, video conferences? Come prepared with a couple of ideas to talk about and then let's see what happens from there. So we do see, uh, I would say, more aggressive development on the network side at this moment in time. And when things do return to normal, do you think that the current situation might lead to more innovative producing techniques and that networks are going to be looking for things that are a little bit more outside of the box? I do. And I think that um, I think a couple things are coming to pass. You know, one of the challenges that all producers face and networks face is speed to market. You know, by the time you develop an idea, get that idea commissioned, go through the contract phase go through pre-production, production, post-production, post you know, that can take upwards of a year. And I think every network is looking to figure out how do we get content on the air faster. And I think that what we've seen, we've seen a couple of things during this period of coronavirus that are interesting. One is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of networks that are taking their tried and true programs that work very well from a performance standpoint and sending their talents, you know, iPhones or and directing them, you know, over video conference and having themselves shoot things. And the reality is, is that in some cases, that's been incredibly successful for many networks. And so what that's, in my mind at least, proven is that, you know, the old idea that everything has to be perfectly shot and, you know, the cameras have to look great for the right commissioning uh, network, that may not be the case. And I think, you know, living in a world where most of us are on our phones uh, multiple times a day and we're watching video and we're used to what I would say is maybe lesser quality video, I think that's now translating to particularly younger viewers on the big screen. And I think you're going to see a trend just like it happens. You know, I, I feel like every generation technological trends shift. You know, we went from film to video, you know, even the quality of the video and the cameras that were used went down. So it became less expensive, faster to, to make. And I feel like we are now living in that time of Corona because the reality is, is that while not always as rich and beautiful as an expensive production camera, you can get pretty good quality content from what you're able to shoot off of your phones these days. And so if you can get clever about it and you can find innovative ways to direct and produce in that regard, I think you're going to see more and more of that. And we're hearing that from the commissioners. We're hearing them say, how do we do this faster? Now, what will be interesting is you know, I'm sure in, in many circumstances, faster will mean how do we make it cheaper? But I don't know that that's necessarily true at this point in time, that it will be necessarily less expensive. Because on one hand, you may look at it and say, well, we don't necessarily need as many cameramen and shoot days and things like that. Except on the flip side, you may need more time in post-production because not everything is going to come back as you had hoped, or you may have to redo things. So I don't know that the that the expense is necessarily less at this point in time, but at some point it may get there. So we'll see. But that's, we are seeing a lot of that. I don't think every commissioner is going to want that. I think quality is still going to be important for, for many of them. But I think for, for those that want it and are okay with it, this is going to be an interesting time because I think a lot of what we're discovering is we're able to work from home. We're able to do post-production from home. And now we may be able to even do live action uh, shooting remotely. Yeah, that's a very interesting point that you've made there, particularly with regards to uh, budget 
budgets and and and, and how um cheap or expensive it's go going to be what sort of budgets i guess buyers are going to be having in the future yeah well you know the the it still has to at the end of the day it's a business right so it still has to perform from an audience standpoint you know and i, and I think it depends on who you're talking to if you're if you're a premium vod carrier or ott or you, you tout yourself as being premium that may not work for you but if you're if, if that's not as important to you then I think the door is wide open. And the reality is, is I think for clever producers, you could even take self-shot content and make it feel premium if you're innovative and, and can bring that sort of creativity to the process. You know, it, it is going to be a new world order a bit. And I think it's going to take time to shake out exactly what that looks like. But, um, but that's what we do. <laughs> and you've already mentioned some of the trends that you think we'll see in the industry once once things do yeah. get to normal. But what long-term effects of the current crisis do you expect to see? Well, I think right now we don't know when, you know, many of these cities and states and in some degrees countries are going to open up and how or what production looks like in a post-COVID universe. So it's hard to say that. I think, you know, what does this look like? Does it look like uh, we're going to have to shoot and figure out ways to socially distance? Um, are we going to have to, you know, are we going to have to make certain accommodations that we're not used to making? Are those accommodations going to impact the budget and the schedule? We just don't know. You know, we're looking also, one of the shows that we currently have in development is a large format show that's, you know, sort of in the vein of Mark Burnett's Survivor in some regards. Um, if that show were to move forward, where can we shoot it, you know, in the world? Uh, what does that look like? How do we prepare if somebody does get sick? What does that mean for production? You know, we just don't know the answer to these questions at this point in time. So do I think it will change it? I think it will. Um, what does that look like? I'm not sure. Is it possible that a show like that could be set in the studio? Maybe. So these are all the things that we look at and think, how will we be able to produce in this environment? And we just don't know the answer to that question. Andy Singer from Alchemy X. Greg Sanderson is Managing Director of Zinc Media London, a group of factual-focused UK production companies including Blakeway, Brook Lapping, Reef and Films of Record. He spoke with Clive Whittingham about how the lockdown has affected the business and how it's moving forward as restrictions are slowly lifted, as well as how commissioners are reacting. Everyone was scrambling to try and work out how to make stuff and we had an awful lot of the edits, so we had to think a lot about how we relocate edits and move edits into people's houses and all that sort of stuff. That was a, a tricky process, but I, I think in the end, it, we, what we realised is that working remotely can work as effectively as working in an office, weirdly, when people get in the right mindset. I mean, we can be completely functional, but it's very hard to have the same sparkiness you can have sitting in an office as you, you know, on a Zoom. So yeah, no, I think we, we will definitely be going back to our office at some point. It's, when is the interesting question at the moment? Have you been pitching quick turnaround stuff to broadcasters during the lockdown like covid themed programming clip shows archive shows or, or you know up-to-date current affairs what's uh, what what's been the strategy yeah i mean of course we did that i think like everyone else but i, I think it became quite clear quite early on that and i think broadcasters are right that audiences don't want to watch that stuff so actually a lot of the thing has been what can we make as soon as we can start filming which is probably now to be honest i mean we're already bringing some of our shoots that have been multiple back into production according to the, the rules that they're at the moment and so i mean i think you know there have been some excellent current affairs films there's been some excellent like fast turnaround stuff but i i don't think that's going to be the future of what happening on telly so we we 
really try to carry on pitching stuff that we think people want to watch. I mean, you have to be aware of the fact that there is going to be a limitation on shooting. International shooting is going to be hard for quite a while. So you, you, have, you bear that in mind when you're developing. But I don't think you know, making endless shows with Skype interviews is what anyone really wants. People will still want to watch glossy, nice-looking shows. And I think that's true. I mean, I think it's, it's possible that the era of having a five-person crew for a shoot is over um, for the moment. I think just surely in terms of like the, the economics of it at the moment, because it's clearly broadcasters are all feeling the pinch. But also, I think it's just, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's proven what is necessary to make a good show. And it turns out like probably some of our TV preconceptions are wrong and we're all being forced to reconsider. And I think that's, it's, it's not necessarily an unhealthy thing. Channel 4 seemed to be quite hard hit by all of this. Ian Katz was saying, uh, we're going to have to make television for tariffs lower than we've ever made television before. I mean, for the UK indie production sector, like looking at the state of the broadcasters, what, what are your sort of takeaways and thoughts on what things are going to look like in, in that industry moving forward? Well, I think we're kind of lucky because as, as a group, we, we sort of we span all the genres. And, you know, Reef and, and Rachel Platt and, and her team are very good at making lower tariff programs that you know look and are fantastic um so we have that expertise in the group so I, I, it doesn't scare me as much as i think it could do uh, i mean i think we're definitely looking at a landscape where with the the sort of 250k shows are going to be the singles are going to be fewer and further between um and so you have to think creatively and you know there's a challenge that archive is obviously the easiest way to make a show at the moment and yet is very expensive so it's quite hard to read the runes on that um i think you know it, it'd be really interesting to see what happens in terms of talent costs and everything else to whether that shifts to meet with new tariffs but i think you know i think we are we're all going to have to think really creatively about that because it does feel like that's going to be that's the new i hate the new normal but that's that'll be the Normal. Are you are you optimistic? Because, like you say, there's going to be huge holes in uh, huge holes in schedules that are going to need filling with some sort of content. But then also, like you say, the tariffs are going to go perhaps the other way. Are you optimist or pessimist on this? Always, always optimistic. And I think that um, TV is an amazing, resilient, amazingly resilient industry, and we always find our way through things. I don't think it's going to be the case that because sports disappear there's suddenly going to be a huge amount more money for factual i think that's unlikely i don't think that's how slates work but i think i mean it, it just it, it's requiring the whole industry to just be nimble and, and you know think on your feet really and i think yeah i mean we're also lucky because we have such a, a diverse regional base that we can in the scenario that bits of london isn't locked is locked down but other places aren't and um, we can always sort of move ourselves around to make shows regionally so that that gives me for optimism i think but i think it is going to be a question of like how cleverly can you think about if you have a presenter who's over 70 how do you shoot it you know it's, it's just requiring an awful lot of creative thought and sort of pushing us beyond our comfort zones a bit could unscripted have a bit of a moment after this because it's quicker to turn around it's cheaper and it'll get back on its feet quicker than a, a drama production will do well, I, I hope so but actually i feel like unscripted was having quite a heyday before that you know the advent of the escorts and channels like national geographic you know who have big checkbooks um unscripted has been doing I think it's, I think we've been on an upward curve for the last sort of two or three years. So um, I don't know if this will necessarily change, but I think it is undoubtedly going to be the case that it's going to be easier to shoot documentary than it is going to be to shoot drama. I mean, the, I'm, I'm not sure what the prospect is of having lots of people on a set anytime soon. This idea of getting your production insured and whether the insurance companies might take pandemic out and if there's another lockdown, then you're just left holding the baby with no insurance out. Is that is that a concern, a legitimate concern for you? I mean, it's definitely the case that insurers aren't prepared to insure on the basis of COVID. So it means like with every single shoot, you have to weigh up 
the risks versus the reward. So, you know, a, a, a one-day presenter shoot, you wouldn't particularly worry about the financial risk to that. A big drama doc shoot, you would. You know, that is, that's one of the great unknowables at the moment, you know, because we, we have quite a strong track record in drama documentaries and we've got one in production at the moment. And you do have to go when, you, know, you have to wonder when are we going to be able to actually shoot that drama. But then that's a conversation with the broadcasters and everyone being realistic about it and saying we, we, we don't want to compromise on the editorial. So we have to just possibly, you know, wait and see about when you can do it. So you don't is, is that going to limit ambition i mean international travel obviously is going to be a problem but is it going to make people i don't know less ambitious about what they what they pitch i don't think so i mean i'm, I'm being uh, and you know me and my uh, development team and selena Mesa, who's our head of development are trying to be quite bullish and say we should still just come up with the best ideas uh, and in a way worry about that later if you want to make them and i think broadcasters have that ambition as well i think it would be pretty disastrous if we all started limiting ourselves to what can you shoot in the uk standing at a significant distance from someone and no one ever seems to be being out you know it's, i think we, you have to think first about the content and then you know, that's why we have such brilliant production managers and production execs who, and and execs who work their way through those scenarios and work out how to make the shows in the end but you, you i think you have to remain creatively ambitious i think Otherwise, you're just going to end up with a slightly sort of dry, also-run bit of TV, and I don't, we're not really in that market. As a, as a head of a, an independent business, what have you made of the, the UK government response and the help that's been offered furloughing staff and grants and, and things like that? I think the, the government furloughing plan was good and functional, and uh, luckily we haven't had to furlough too many people, but um, I, I wholeheartedly see that we need to get the economy going. I think the freelance territory was too confused for too long and I think we, we I think we, we all had some difficult scenarios where you you, know, you you want to be absolutely the best by your team and then it wasn't it wasn't remotely clear what the government would and wouldn't fund um, so that was challenging I think in the end uh, the the endless debate about whether restarting the economy versus public health affects TV as much as anything else and I think we are you know we are going to be by nature of what we do we're slightly harder hit you can you can do as much development and as much sort of editing as you want remotely but shooting if you can't and I, I don't feel like there's been an enormous amount of awareness of that with the government but then you know I do also have sympathy they've got an awful lot of sectors they're trying to manage but I know it has been incredibly tough for a lot of freelancers and like if your film suddenly drops off and you have your like two months tax money in the bank but nothing else that's really difficult and we have a real obligation as companies that have you know some financial backing to do right by your freelancers who are working with you. Do you have an idea of when you're going back into production? Obviously, our lockdown rules were changed. The Department for Culture, Media and Sport has said that TV production can start amid social distancing rules. So is it all straight out of the gate and back to filming or, or is it slightly more nuanced than, than that? It's slightly more nuanced than that. I mean, we, we have, we've managed to do some filming under COVID rules anyway. So we've been doing remotely distance interviews. Um, Rachel Platt and Reef on Code Zero a series for Channel 5 have been filming people at a distance according to the rules. So it's, it's not like we completely stopped. Um, yes, we are. There are two or three series that are probably going to go straight into shooting as soon as possible. But there, there are so many variables in it, like with presenter availability. Um, certainly, there's, you know, we, we have no desire whatsoever to force people to go into scenarios where they don't want to be. So if, you know, there's a limit to how far a cab can go. And if we can't shoot, if, 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 that's, if that turns out to be impossible, um, don't really want anyone to use public transport at the moment, I don't think. So, yeah, we have, we, there are a few, I mean, it's, it's, I'm spending most of my life on Zooms like this, debating exactly these, these conundrums. But it's like you do, uh, the, the key principle has to be you don't want to put anyone at risk. So, you know, TV is not quite important enough to risk anyone's health. Greg Sanderson from Zinc Media.
ITV Studios' factual entertainment subsidiary Multi-Story Media is behind shows such as Come Dine With Me, Preston on Sunday and 60 Minute Makeover, and recently launched a gardening-themed competition format for Netflix. Executive producer Simone Hayward and Chief Creative Officer Anna de Moraes spoke with Karolina Kaminska about the big flower fight, how its other shows have been impacted and why lockdown-friendly commissions aren't destined for longevity. The show is 10 amateur garden enthusiasts, uh, floral enthusiasts, compete against each other to create amazing, wonderful, outstanding, giant floral installations, the likes of which I don't think anyone's ever seen before, to be honest with you. You know, it's not kind of wedding arches or kind of floral bouquets. They are 10 foot high, giant, hairy animals or, you know, scenes from fairy tales so it's quite kind of magical and larger than life and really I I think you know something like you've never really seen before to be honest with you and with regards to the production of the show right now obviously we're in the middle of a a lockdown period right across the world had you finished producing the show before the lockdown restrictions were enforced or were you still in the production stage So we had finished filming. We were almost kind of towards the end of the editing process. We had a few shows still uh, not picture locked. So we kind of seamlessly moved the remaining edits into uh, remote editing, which um, I think because I've I've got some uh, friends who are in China. So I was kind of watching, watching them and their situation kind of unfold from quite early on. So I, we were kind of talking about, I feel like we kind of slightly headed the game to be honest with you so we actually moved to remote uh, editing a couple of days before lockdown was enforced so I feel like we were kind of ahead of the game and we finished off a couple of those episodes we got them to picture lock and then I would say about three quarters of the final post was done remotely. And why do you think a show like this is suitable for a platform like Netflix? And is there a trend for these types of competition formats at the moment, particularly gardening related shows? I think the reason why the idea appealed to Netflix is I think as a streamer, they can take bigger risks because they're not bound to a schedule. You know, they can try different things. Whereas I think if we had pitched it to a a terrestrial network based on other things that we've pitched in the past, chances are they would have said oh it's too niche and we don't know where to put it and and it's too expensive for being something so niche even though now gardening is is massive and plants uh, is a massive thing at the moment in, in the UK and globally you can see on Instagram people are obsessed with it but I think because these sculptures are not as uh, they're not something that everyone does in their spare time they're not you know cooking or I don't know, cleaning or, or, or clothes that everyone wears. So I, th- I, I can understand how some people might have thought it was niche, but I think Netflix, they have the, the luxury, I suppose, to be able to, to get something like that and really blow it up and, and give it a scale that makes it feel really special. So that's why we went straight to them with, with the idea. And looking at the current coronavirus pandemic, how has, how has the crisis affected multi-story media? I think it has affected everyone. So we we have carried on making a lot of our shows. Um, all the current affairs shows are still being made. So Martin Lewis Money Show, Peston, 
tonight they are also in production we had to pause a couple of productions because you know shows that have an audience or things like that we've had to pause so, so things like uh, Piers Morgan life stories we are going to delay the shoot for example Paul Grady for the love of dogs we had to stop we had filmed some of the episodes already but then when Battersea closed again we had to sort of pause that production and we're going to pick up later on when we open but I think we were quite lucky that we didn't have that many shows that we had to stop quite a few of our shows were in the edit so we had to do what we did with flower fight and move to a remote edit and do remote voiceover but that all worked really well and we also are making a show specifically around the, the, the current crisis. So it's around the lockdown wedding for Channel 4. Basically, we are following a couple that were due to get married and had to cancel their plans because of lockdown. And they're going to have like a virtual wedding that uh, Fred, Fred Sirius is, is helping organize. So that's all being done mostly through remote filming. They're doing a lot of self-shooting and we're using things like CNET put it all together and would you look at doing any other of these so-called corona proof productions no i think we we had like two weeks of development of of those types of ideas and we went when we, we talked to everyone we are doing a few reversions of shows archive based things but in terms of new ideas we locked down weddings the one that we got away and then we decided to stop that type of development and go back to a more sort of mid-term type of development of ideas that we can shoot with social distancing but not you know in people's homes because I think there's a little bit of fatigue I'm not sure how how many shows inside people's homes and that directly you know linked to lockdown people want to watch I think now people want escapism and you know a few good shows that that can get them out of their homes really. And has the pandemic increased demand for your shows by broadcasters and platforms in need of more content? And, and if so, what sort of things are they looking for? I mean, we're having a lot of conversations. Development is very busy, but it's a kind of, it, it's an ongoing discussion with, with broadcasters about what can be done, how can it be done, when can it be done. So we have a lot of projects in active conversation with the broadcasters. Obviously, we know that drama is, is going to probably have a bigger delay in terms of productions getting back on track. So I, there are potentially opportunities out there for fractured entertainment and the type of shows that we make. But it's a sort of, it's an interesting time in that there is interest in, in the shows and a lot of appetite and a lot of potential slots. But we're still sort of finding a way together with the broadcasters to establish exactly what can be made and, and when. Simone Haywood and Anna de Moraes from Multistory Media. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 